from here on, I have no idea uh, where the service is going to go, but there's something that I've got to tell you this morning. Uh, Friday, everybody smile, this is good news, this is good news. Um, Friday, uh, I went to uh, the hospital. I'm just going to tell you the whole story from beginning to end. I had got in the car to go see J.D. Michaels uh, because I'd got a call. You know, John had called me and said that J.D. wasn't doing uh, that well, so I was going to go see him. And uh, anyway, I was getting ready to leave, and Shane called me and told me she was coming home from work because she was sick. Um, so I just pulled back in under the carport and was going to wait on her. If I'd have been out of the church parking lot, I'd have went on because, I mean, she wasn't dying or anything. So, But because I hadn't... Uh, sorry, Shane. Uh, because I uh, uh, didn't uh, hadn't got out, I wanted to wait and see how she was doing. Well, I called Pastor Stephen and I said can you run down and check on J.D.? And of course, you know, he said he would and he went down there and had prayer with J.D. and, and John. And um, Anyway, the day went on and uh, for those of you that know me, uh, I, I just couldn't stand it. I couldn't get my mind off J.D. And, uh, Stephen had called me and told me how he was doing, but I had to see it from my own eyes. So about 7.30 that evening, I got in the car and went down there to see JD, I wouldn't have been able to sleep if I hadn't. And I get down there and I walk in, I pray with JD, and um, he recognized me for the first time in several days. And he was doing some better, and he still got a long road. And we got good news; they think it was just a virus, and caused all those problems. And they're they're hopeful for you know recovery. And they're pretty sure he didn't have a stroke, or at least not a major one. And um, so um, anyway, I walk out of J.D.'s room and walk out into the, uh, the waiting room and there was a man sitting out there and he had his hands, uh, or his head in his hands and uh, Shane, I'm getting scared again telling it already. Uh, and I just walked up to him and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, sir, uh, are, you, are you okay? And he said, no. And I said, well, do you, care to tell me what's going on and he said uh, my wife's dying and uh, I said oh I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you know what's what's happened he told me that she had had a blood clot and one thing led to another and she had got septic and that she'd been in the hospital and of course got worse instead of better and that she'd been unresponsive for two days roughly and uh, the doctors had just come in there. Didn't know this till later, but the doctor had came in there to talk to him while I was in JD's room, and then he had went out to the waiting room uh, to try to get kind of control of you know his emotions and that kind of thing. And so it just it was God working all that out to where he was out there, and I went out there. And, um, so uh, anyway, he recognized me. Uh, you know, I'm on the board of directors with Oak Hill Fire Department, and I thought I recognized him, but I wasn't 100% sure. And I said, I think I know you from somewhere, and he explained where I knew him from and where I'd seen him. And um, anyway, his name was, probably many of you in here know him, 
his wife's name. She's a te- was a teacher at Freedom High School one time, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm telling you their names because he's telling everybody. So I, public information, I'll tell everybody too, and uh, that's kind of the point of the thing. And uh, so uh, we, uh, I just looked at him and I said, "Sir, do you believe God can heal your wife?" And uh, he said, "I don't know." And I said, "Well." I'm not a prophet. I'm a sinner just like you and everybody else. I, I do trust God, and I believe he's worked all this out today so that I could be here right now to tell you uh, that God can heal your wife. And uh, I said, I'm not telling you he will. I'm just saying that he can. And I believe that with all of my heart. And uh, I said, do you care if I go in the room and pray with your wife? And he said we could. And as we're walking in, I said, before we go in, can I pray with you? And I just prayed a simple prayer before we went in the room. I said, Lord, uh, I want to pray like the centurion. Help my unbelief and help this man's unbelief because you can. And uh, we walk into the room. Uh, Can y'all hear? Okay. So we walk into the room and... uh, um, his wife's laying there and her hands are just twitching. And uh, uh, he had told me before we went in there, he's tr- I think he was trying to prepare me um, that, you know, she would be twitching and that the doctors had said it was likely that she had brain damage, um, but she wasn't stable enough to take, to go through the battery of tests to determine yet what the extent of that brain damage might be. So, um, um, when we walk in the room, he said, uh, honey, this is uh, Keith Rosen. He's a preacher, and I met him out in the lobby, and he wanted to come in and pray with you. And, of course, she didn't respond. You know, she was, And I leaned down and kind of louder in her ear uh, said, ma'am, uh, my name's Keith Rosen. I'm the pastor of Zion Baptist Church, and I don't know why, but God's orchestrated things so that I could be down here tonight with the to pray with you, so you just lay there and rest easy, and, and I'm going to pray with you. Of course, she didn't respond, and uh, um, so anyway, I took him by the hand and, and, and took her by the hand, and uh, her hand was just like that right there in my hand, but, but it was limp, and I began to pray. And, and you've heard me pray. I mean, it's no different than any other prayer. Um, God's the great physician. Um, he, he can do anything. And uh, But I, I did ask for a miracle uh, that God would touch this lady and, and, and heal her. And just about the time I was going to, was finishing the prayer, her hand locked on my hand and the shaking was gone like a vice and I was telling I've told a few people already I just couldn't help it and told Trey Sinker and told Don and them that I ran with yesterday in a sense I make my living with words and it's almost like there's no words to describe what I felt at that moment uh, I'm not Benny Hinn don't 
I'm not, don't take this the wrong way. Uh, I, I can't summon God like some genie in a bottle. He's God. He does what God wants and when God wants and, and how God wants. Uh, but I felt like at that moment I was in mortal danger that I was in the presence of someone that was so powerful that he could completely and utterly destroy me so that I no longer cease to exist. But at the same time, I was in the safest place in the universe that I could possibly be. I know that does not make sense. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, and uh, in Jesus' name, amen. And instantly, not seconds, not hours, not days, instantly, her eyes popped open and she said, where am I? This is where it gets kind of funny. Still scary, brother. I'm telling you now, still scary. Uh, but her husband kind of fell backwards. And he said, honey, 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 you, you've not been here. You've not been here. You've not been here. Well, I didn't know what to say either. And she said, well, I'm here now. Where am I? And... Uh, he said, no, 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 honey, you don't understand. You don't understand. You've not been with us. You've not been with us. And she said, well, I'm with you now, and I want to know where I am. <laughs> he goes running out of the room. Get the doctor. Get the doctor. Get the doctor. Well, the nurses, of course, they think he's crazy, think I'm crazy, think something's going on. There's a terrorist in that room or something. I don't know what they was thinking. Um, so they come running in there. Well, they're just as shocked as, wait a minute, we were just in this room. This lady was in the process of dying. So they go and they bring the doctor. Uh, it took several minutes for the doctor to get there. and The doctor walks in. And, uh, I understood what he meant. He, he just didn't choose the right words and he looked at the doctor and he said, the doctor, this man right here just performed a miracle. I said, brother, I ain't done nothing. I'm just as scared and amazed as you are. But you just seen God do something. And the doctor, you know, he kind of walks over there and he talks to her and he says, Miss Ort, how are you doing? And um, She said, I feel fine. I'm ready to go home. Um, I, I still feel scared telling it. And it's almost like I'm looking out at you thinking these people are going to think I'm stark, raving, mad. But brother, I was there. I saw it. And this man saw it. And I told him, I said, Mr. Ord, I'm ashamed to tell you this. But I'm just as surprised as you are. And I shouldn't be. 
God help my unbelief. Uh, by the time the doctor got there, we, me and her were having us a conversation. Uh, we, uh, I told him, I said, sir, now you got to understand, I'm, I'm about to pass out too. So I, I'm trying to process this. Can you imagine what those people... What those people were standing outside that tomb when Jesus said Lazarus come forth and he stepped out of that grave. My gracious. I mean, we read that now and we're like, oh, Jesus raised somebody from the dead. But if you'd been there, brother, it'd been a whole different ball game. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Friday night I was there. And it's scary. And uh all inspired. I don't know. It's it's just it's hard to explain. Um I told him, I said, Mr. Ward, I don't understand why all this worked out, uh, that this happened. And uh, uh, God delayed me and brought me here later and kept me in the room just long enough to you to get out here into this waiting room and for us to come in here. But I do believe God has a purpose for doing what he did. I believe that with all of my heart. And I looked at both of them and I said, now it's both of your responsibilities to find that purpose and do it. Um, and, but I said one thing that I know beyond a doubt is a, a one purpose is that God wants you to tell this everywhere you go. And uh, we talked about you know, a little bit about what we'd just seen and he kept saying, I can't believe it and I kept saying, well, I can't either, brother. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, when I went outside to get in the car, I put my head in my hands and I think the weight of what I'd just experienced, you know, kind of... Uh, I believe God impressed upon me. I, I didn't hear a voice or anything like that. Said something like this the, through the Spirit into my heart. Uh, hey, you big dummy. That wasn't just for him and it wasn't just for her. This was for you. And I want you to tell it everywhere you go. And let it change your faith. And let it change your life. And then use it for my glory. I still don't understand it. Shane will tell you this. I'm not. I got up the next morning to call him to make sure I hadn't been dreaming. That's the truth. Didn't sleep good Friday night. He answered the phone on the first ring and said, Hey, I've been waiting on you to call. I said, Well, Mr. Orton, 
how's your wife doing? He said, she's sitting up in bed eating breakfast. They done moved her out of the ICU into a regular room. Amen. So I went down there and prayed with them again and tried to leave them with them that God had a purpose and uh, told them that God loved them but that love wouldn't save them that they were sinners and needed a savior that Jesus was that savior and he died and paid the penalty for their sin and that he rose from the grave because of that he can do what he did Friday night uh, and then he'd, he'd save anybody that called on him in faith uh, they both told me at that point that they were Christians uh, I'll leave that between them and God uh, I do know this he's still telling people when I walked in, his his daughter, uh, I, I, be honest, I don't know how to end this, uh, but uh, his daughter had been driving in from Wilkesboro, uh, I mean, not Wilkesboro, Wilmington, the night before, because they thought she wasn't going to make it through the night, and so she left Wilmington to come home, and uh, so she wasn't there when that happened. But he'd apparently already told her about it. Because when I walked in the room, she acted like she's scared of me. <laughs> and I said, ma'am, I'm just a man. Uh, I'm a sinner and need as a savior just like you. Um, I don't know what that means in the future for me. It's, it's life-changing to see and be a part of something like that. Um, I've said and said and said and said that God can, God can, God can, God can. You've heard me. I don't think there's anybody, if it's not your first time here today, that's not heard that. Uh, I can promise you one thing. This old redneck country boy believes it more today than he ever has because I saw it uh, with my own eyes. Uh, and even after I pricked myself and made that phone call, it's still real. Um, I debated this morning on whether to come in here and do that and tell you this. I know it took up a big part of the service. Uh, Terry, I apologize. I know you plan a lot. Um, but um, I could not not come and, and tell you that. I don't know what that means. We're going to leave here. We're going to go do a baptism today. Perhaps there's somebody sitting here this morning that you've been sitting there on the edge uh, thinking, man, do I really, really want to place my faith and my trust and all that I am and all that I ever hope to be uh, in this gospel that this crazy preacher's told us so many times about. I'm going to tell you, I say it, and I've always believed it. But God can, 
and it's real. And Jesus really did get up from the grave. And he wants every one of us this morning in this room not to say, Lord, I'm gonna put one foot in a little ways and I'll come to church when it's convenient. And Listen, that God that I felt his presence, that I understood that I was in mortal danger, that literally he could consume me with a, no more than a thought. But yet at the same time, I was safe. But if you're here this morning, you're under that danger. And the holy wrath of God will one day consume you unless you repent of your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then and only then can you feel while knowing that he is all powerful and he's just and he's holy and he will judge sin one day. But only if we accept Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ and go all in, not halfway. Listen, if we go halfway, if we go partway, we might as well not go in anyway because we can't get there if we only go halfway. But if we go all in and say, God, here I am. If you say it, I'll believe it. If you tell me to do it, I'll do it to the best of my ability and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna follow you from this day forward and place my faith and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you too can feel while you're, yes, we're under the weighed in the wrath of a holy God that we're in the safest place in the universe because we're in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while God's wrath sits here and says, I want to punish sin and I'm angry at sin and listen, don't you pay no attention to them people that says God loves the sin, uh, sinner and hates the sin because the Bible's very clear that God both loves the sin or hates the sin and hates the sinner and he's God, he can do that because he can love and hate at the same time. We can't, we're not perfect, but he is, so he can and that wrath and that weight, but listen, as that weight and that wrath hovers over us, you've got Jesus standing there saying, Father, I died for it. And phew, the anger's gone because our sin has been paid for. And I don't believe God would have had me say that this morning that there's not somebody here that you've went halfway in. But if you're only halfway in, you're not in at all. And he wants you today to make that commitment to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him. And get in that ark of safety. Trust him today. I don't know what to do, but uh, listen, don't waste this opportunity. I had a message to preach on baptism. I'm going to give it to you right quick. Baptism is where we identify with the Lord. Um, so it's for identification. But not only that, it's for proclamation. We're saying to the world, I'm a Christian. Um, but not just that, it's an indicator of the transformation. 
shows it's an outward sign of an inward change that's taking place. No such thing as infant baptism. You can't find that in the Bible. So if you were dunked as a child, you've never been baptized. It's got to be a conscious decision. That's the biblical record. No such thing as sprinkling. Jesus went down into the Jordan River. They didn't bring the Jordan River out to him. Uh, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've done any, either one of those but not been baptized by immersion, you come forward. We want to baptize you today. But like I said, there may be somebody here that you've went halfway in, but halfway in's not good enough. We've got to trust him with all of our heart. If you're that person, I believe that God has ordained this time today and given you that opportunity to come down here and say to this old redneck country boy preacher, I want to be saved. And he'll save you by faith. Christian, we're going to take the Lord's Supper up there on the river. You've heard me many times. You know what that looks like. And Before we take the Lord's Supper, our heart needs to be right. Now, for the Christian, sin in our life can't change that relationship with God. But it can affect the fellowship. And he wants us to get that right. So I believe now is a good time for every person in here just to examine your own heart and say, is there anything that would stand between me and fellowship with God? And if there is, come to this altar and make it right before we go up on the river and take part in the Lord's Supper. I do not know why God did this. I'll tell you just like I did that man. But I don't believe he'd have done it if there's not somebody here that needs to be born again and get right with God. Whatever that looks like. If you're walking afar off, I believe this morning God gave you this so you can come to this altar and say, God, I'm tired of walking afar off from you. I want to get so close to you that, I mean, nothing could, you couldn't get a credit card in between us. We're so close. Uh, whatever that looks like. Church, you stand. This altar's open. Don't you be ashamed. Listen. It took every bit of courage I had this morning to come tell that story because I just knew y'all would laugh me out of the room uh, say I was crazy, but I had to tell it. If you're here today and you need to do something with God, don't you worry about what somebody else might think. That's between you and God. Uh, you come and do business with God. If you need to be born again, you need to be saved, you come and you say, Preacher, I want to be saved today. I want to be very, very careful this morning before we close the service because we're going to leave here and we're going to go up there and then we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper. So I want to make sure as all hearts and minds clear uh, before we take the Lord's Supper that you've done business with God um, and that we're right with Him before we go do that. All right. I trust that that's the case. Father, I'm just so amazed. Uh, and 
God, I ask you to forgive me for my uh, unbelief. And Father, I thank you that you've allowed um, the sinner to, to witness something, God, that very, very few people have ever been able, able to witness. And God, I still don't understand all of it. Uh, still pinching myself but uh, Father I believe so God knowing that I just want to say thank you today thank you uh, that when we were sinners you didn't leave us in that place but God you became flesh and literally became our substitute on the cross the wrath of God was poured out upon God the Son. But there was none left for me. I'm so thankful. And God, I'm thankful that that wasn't just for me, but it was for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. As simple as that. That whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. God, I thank you for what you've allowed us to experience today. For little Allie coming forward and in faith receiving Jesus as Savior. God, I'm thankful for that. Lord, for these others that are going to be baptized today. God, I'm thankful that you're still in the saving business. Still working. God, as we go forward today, I pray that what our hearts have experienced here today, Lord, like Tommy's testimony, that God would share it and tell it everywhere we go. That ultimately, Father, you may receive the glory and honor, that you be high and lifted up. God, I've got to tell you, I feel like Isaiah when he walked into the temple and your glory filled the temple and he fell down and said, oh, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. But God, you didn't leave him there. You took the coals from off the altar and touched his lips and purged that sin and cleaned them and you've done that for us and we're grateful. So, Lord, as we go through what little remains in this service, may you be glorified. We thank you, Father, that we've got an opportunity to show our obedience through giving. So, Lord, as we take this offering today, I pray that, Father, you would bless uh, both the gift and the giver. And, God, use it and multiply it for your glory. God, may through this offering and what we've experienced here today, that men, women, boys and girls, uh, Lord, hear and come to know Jesus as Savior. God, just as I was telling somebody this morning, there's no politician, no program going to help this world. But God, you give us the plan to save the world one
person at a time. Give us the power to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name.